0: They say
1: similar things about Lee Harvey Oswald Like you know Lee Harvey Oswald One of those dudes that like He like was a marine And then he didn't like this shit Then he moved to Russia for a while And brought home a Russian wife And was still taking pictures with guns And yeah It was his story And then he shot
2: the president Allegedly Allegedly
1: Allegedly 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 What's up everybody And welcome back to the Martial Mind Podcast On today's episode We have a lot of great topics for you Stick around Let's get it started
3: yeah, i really wanted to use that first take because me and john just like unbeknownst to each other did synchronize double thumbs up we yeah. just both we just both fonzied
1: it just you like you guys are not allowed to do that and not have kids you know <laughs> well, <laughs> you, like you,
3: just, you, you can't not be it? dads oh oh oh! Okay. <laughs> yeah i thought you meant together all right yeah. i was like that's a very specific and intense rule for thumbs up but that's okay
2: you just can't coach that level of chemistry. You really can't. You guys aren't
3: in a loving marriage. You can't do that. It's like, okay, that seems like a lot, but that's okay. That's
2: fine. These guys are in sync. They must be fucking. <laughs> that's how it goes. I mean. That's how it goes. You really can, like, read, read each it. other's energies, you know no, what I mean? No, we're just so in tune. But anyway. Nope.
3: I think not. I think not.
1: I think so. It's <laughs> You just
3: little water it's directly in your eye. It works
2: on cats and some dogs, but not Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Ed is far too feral to be uh, <laughs> to be persuaded with a spritz bottle. No amount of small sprays of water can stop me. Look at the size of them. Oh my God. <laughs> you need a bucket. Idi- <laughs> <laughs> or a hammer. A hammer would work way better. A yeah, you got be to use like small of water. Yeah. So. You got to yeah.
3: use like white vinegar instead of water, and it has to be coming out of like a nine millimeter or
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> it's come out of like a like an M9. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the just washing. military grade. <laughs> One of, those,
1: one of those like uh those water guns that like can soak up like a ten gallon bucket
2: of water just yeah. vroom, and just
1: fires bullets of uh, water. At your immediate
2: friends. way for a pool party to end in tears when somebody breaks brings out the pain tube it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's going down as soon like, what as What somebody... is that? This is a
3: rail gun. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately blinds <laughs> a five year old loss. I would
1: waste if I had money to waste, I would waste it on one of those yeah. fucking water guns. Absolutely. It sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like
3: I feel like a good purchase for us at some point is just uh just a lot of Nerf guns just toys. <laughs> yeah, just toys. <laughs> we'll just turn
1: into one of those YouTube channels that's like, let's see how long it takes to break the emerald out of the giant block of cement. Let's let's
2: never do that. <laughs> let's never
1: you do that. You know that what ever. I'm talking about. Though. I know. I hate I, those. I, I, and, and as an adult, I hate how much time I've wasted just being like, how long is it going to take? I just want to I, I just want to
2: get I just
3: want to get those like Bolt action single shot like anti anti like equipment personnel, anti, Nerf ginger, anti ginger. Yeah, equipment. yeah. They, that, that, like where it's like they could like legitimately bruise like a bison, like they could just bruise the just, like it would just go like if you hit it like like it would know that you shot it with something and it would hurt like it, like it would move a little bit like, it would, like,
1: it, like trot away. From
3: yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, patch yeah, yeah. Be like fuck that. that. Yeah, those things. Those things are. The, the bullets are like this. The bullets, the bullets are like, uh, if you like, carve the cylinder out of like a six-inch like subway sandwich. Like it's just like.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> those things can do, big... do damage. Like, remember the riots? Some people were getting shot in the face with rubber bullets, and they were getting serious. Yeah, but damaged? those aren't
2: like Nerf gun bullets. Those are like they're made to cause pain. They're called less lethal because like they're not non-lethal. You can literally kill someone with a rubber bullet. You can, you can from close enough range. I was yeah. reading an
1: article on Cora today about how I posted it on my Facebook. Uh, about uh, the AR-15. Yeah. And it was super interesting because it was like, you know, everybody talks about AR-15s as being like these super hyper deadly weapons. Mm. And it was actually really interesting because it said that the AR-15 is specifically designed to be less deadly because, and it's like, it's totally diabolical. It's less deadly mm. because it costs the enemy government more money to have a wounded soldier than a dead one.
2: Well, I. So I, it's I th-
1: more taxing on their
2: infrastructure to wound their soldiers rather than kill them. Well, so it's a
1: purposefully smaller, less deadly caliber.
2: I think that may be an unintended consequence of focusing on maneuverability or, or handling of the firearm because, like, they're designed so that you could put that firearm in anyone's hands and they can operate it proficiently. I've seen people shoot them off the tip of their nose. Without breaking it. It, it, it's it's that what? soft. There's no recoil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that's really crazy. You want yeah. like a
1: 50, 50, 50, uh, fifty caliber, like sniper rifles and stuff like that. There's there's like a I forget what the term is, but there's a club of people that like get black eyes mm. from the scope. It's
3: If you, I feel yeah. like if you were even to like do the nose thing with like an AK, you would just like turn into like Lord Voldemort. Like you'd just, be like <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> just no. your nose would be all over your face.
2: Yeah, those that's the AKs are serious <laughs> firepower. <laughs>
3: but like, you, did you see? Did you see the guy who? Um,
1: how do we bent over to get this? on my back popped. Your thirties are great. <laughs> well, welcome to your. That 30s. is fluid, fluid, and well oiled.
3: He yeah.
0: just
3: <laughs> <laughs> he just moves six inches this way and then just dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, but um, For there sure was a
1: herniated something. There was
3: a guy on um. It was one. It's one of like the popular like gun channel guys who like will test fire a bunch of stuff. And he had one that was a. It was like a single like where you like put the where you manually put like you open the chamber or you you open like the barrel and you put the 50 cal round in the barrel and you close it and then you screw it shut it was like a single like yeah you have to seal it yeah it's like you just wait right there hold on <laughs> don't you fucking move hold on one sec you know and literally i don't know if 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 the um it's for deer hunting
0: if the deer yeah yeah, if
3: the the deer's like in like an APC (laughs) the deer's just in like a
2: military police vehicle the deer's hiding behind a group of refrigerators (laughs) I'm just picturing the the deer like
3: the deer's hiding behind like like a like you a long keep table the with windows open for the antlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some,
2: Somebody abducted the deer yeah. with a submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> deer that deer's hiding submarine.
3: behind a big table that has forty five textbooks in front of it. <laughs> Hold on a sec. <laughs> one of them textbook deer. <laughs> one,
1: of them, one of them reading deer. Gotta hit him with the big boy. All right, give me give me about thirty eight seconds. alright? But but I is that Nietzsche? This cl- deer is smart.
3: Cl- clearly, clearly the. Uh, and sad, probably. Yeah, so. probably. Um, the, deer, the
1: deer, actually, I don't think if he, the deer read enough Nietzsche, I don't think it would like keep up with its military it defense. It would, have a huge it would just give up. It would just give up and be like, "There's no point." <laughs>
3: it would just have John's mustache yes. just on. Yeah,
1: did you, did you had thing? a
2: ginormous mustache? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, John's not
1: a stereotypical white man. He is actually uh, just sad. So mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Hence the and a philosopher. Hence that, the was, fr- mm. that was the first joke I thought of, and then it just went. <laughs> it's like I was like in the middle of saying the joke, and it was like, oh, all your comedy juice is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I drink so your milk. I, drink. That's why he's so funny because he just drains it out. Of I him. just hocus pocus. I wasn't <laughs> tired until Ryan
2: got here, <laughs> and now we're just exhausted um, to see him.
3: But that, but the the guy, he was firing one of those guns, and it literally there was a it malfunctioned and blew up, oh, and literally God. he got like I think it was a piece of the barrel in his jugular oh, and it literally shit. and it literally sh- like blew back and and sliced his neck open and literally like the next like 12 minutes were like his dad was there and he's like he's like all right time to go and he just like his dad just like stuck his thumb in his throat and was just like all right time to go to the hospital and he like survived wow but that's like whew. well it's like horrifying.
1: so fine we had a really awesome uh double dagger workshop that's so right?
3: funny i was just gonna start talking about that yeah oh, yeah we had a really
1: awesome, <laughs> we gotta talk about really the awesome double really awesome dagger workshop with uh Sego and greg zilb our illustrious instructor um, and I have to say one thing about knife work. It's like just fucking hate you. <laughs> Excuse me. I have my
3: twelve-inch, foot-long sub sub sandwich of a water bottle.
2: Uh, just Ryan drinking <laughs> this out of his water tank.
1: Like, what? Why would you have to drink it towards me? I don't know.
2: <laughs> would you guys like some tapioca pudding? Ah uh, yes, it's in the
1: middle of a point. Let me not distract him. Um, my water's just
2: filled with Jello. Just. <laughs> So you gotta like, chew it. You gotta you're
1: chew like at it. at the end of like
2: a gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: God.
0: So anyway, <laughs>
1: God. Now that everyone's signed off, we have a, we have this double dagger seminar. So the Shallon double daggers are a little bit different. They're they're. Um, I have mine somewhere over here. Eh, don't go for him. But you can relate them to a karambit that has a straight blade, because it has the ring, and the ring is also used as kind of like a brass knuckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can spin it, but you don't really you don't really do that. There are some techniques where you can turn it, but yeah, it's more help of a with dexterity. De- thing. Yeah, I was gonna say helps with dexterity. Um, and uh, it's a fucking terrifying weapon. It's yeah. a, Knives are just scary as shit. And yeah. He brought up a, a video um, of a knife attack where this kid just this kid doesn't even know what he's doing, and the guy's just like boop. And Dude. the kid takes three steps and is just dead. So it you don't know how easy guys. it is. You don't know how easy it is. So yeah. it's like, you know... it. From the martial arts perspective, I know we have, like, no funny videos to pull up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there really is some bullshit out there that, like, it's like the Jim Carrey thing. The Jim Carrey thing from In Living Color with a knife. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it doesn't happen like that. So you got to be really careful what you're, uh, yeah, knives what you're are, out there for. You you've know? seen like, that what, specific what video? I have not seen that specific video. Dude, have you? Yeah. It's a it's, video I don't want to watch. I,
2: I immediately knew what he was talking about. Because it's not just this dude um encounters a knife and doesn't know what to do. In response to it he's advancing on this person who has, who a, has knife. a knife this big dude who thinks he's tougher than a guy with a knife is is continuously advancing and advancing and the knife is plain to see it's not hidden mm. so he knows what he's approaching but he doesn't so he comes up to the guy tries to grab him and it's a quick yep. right, right to the neck and the, the guy stumbles and you just see the floor changes color you don't even really see like it, you're not sure what's going on, and then all of a sudden he just drops, and that's you just watch this guy pass away. It's, yeah. It was horrible. I, I I'll never, that's one of those videos you just stumble across. You're like. I just watched oh somebody God. get on live. I have seen, seen stuff yeah. like that. Remember
1: when Faces of Death was a thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was one of those, I had one of those shitty friends. I'll tell you his name later. You know exactly who I'm talking about. But I had one of those shitty friends in high school that would like sit you down and be like, "Watch this or you're a pussy." You know, mm. like and just traumatize you yeah, for yeah, the yeah. rest of your life, you know? Yeah. Like, "If you don't remember this in your dreams forever, you're a bitch." Yeah. It's like, yeah. "Go to therapy." What do you want to do? Literally <laughs> like, dude. like 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 people like like people having their like shit chopped off yep. with like with like a Bowie knife just like sawing Oh, oh you're probably talking the about neck. the same video
2: because yeah. one of my coworkers came up to me and was like, hey, want to see something cool? There's just two guys tied up and one of them just gets their head buzzed off with a chainsaw. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, you're just going to open with that? Like, what yeah. the fuck, dude? I'm eating my lunch. <laughs> we have a training brother who is
1: a, a police officer who is yeah. completely desensitized. Completely desensitized to stuff like that. Like you don't know the stuff that they that they see. Yeah, you know. So like, shout out to our law enforcement. Shout out to John's sister. Like, yeah. uh, New York City police officer, badass woman. Speaking speaking of speaking true, we've tried to all take her at once and we can't. Yeah,
2: <laughs> She will pistol whip a bitch, dude. It's <laughs> just, but <laughs>
1: the, but the point that I'm trying to make is like he. He would literally be like, "Dude, check out this video," mm-hmm. and be like, "Isn't oh. that crazy?" And it's like literally like a person going splat, like it's yeah, just jumping yeah. off
3: a building and just turning into pudding. And you're just and he's, just like, he's like, he's like, he's like, "Isn't that crazy?" And I was like, "What?" And he's just like, yeah. "Yeah, right." And I was and then he just goes back to like texting, and I'm like,
1: "What?" So anyway, we want to later, you know? Yeah, just
3: Well, that also happened to um, nice. what is it? Well, um, one of my uh, friends, um, his dad is uh, was higher up in the police department, uh, to the point. Oh, where, I know this story. To, to the point where you know, like, if there was like, um. An accident or stuff like that. He would usually show up at the scene as like the commanding officer, and I remember one time we were just like we were like down in the down in his basement like playing like Star Wars Battlefront like ah, yeah having fun you know and his and his dad's like I'll be back I gotta go uh, something for work and then he and then he comes back later and he's like hey guys he's like come here <laughs> and he and he lures us over to the basement slop sink and his, that's uh, always a good thing and to he, have and, he, and, he, and he's holding his boot and he's like and he's flicking stuff out of the tread of his boot into the sink he goes he goes you wanna know what that is he goes that's skull <laughs> and I was like. I was like,
0: What? Just
3: immediately calling my mom, even though I drove there. I'm like, Can you come pick me up? Yeah, that's and, and he was like and he was like, Yeah, hey, he was like he's like he's like, That's why you don't drive a motorcycle without a helmet. And he's like he was like guy was all over the parkway and I was just like <laughs> This was this was like two thirty in the morning. We're we're, you... we're like eating Pop Tarts and like playing battle this was <laughs> You know what's funny is, you said, how, how old were you? No. This was He's me.
1: like 27. <laughs> 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 this
3: last week? This was like, I was probably like 19, 20, maybe. <laughs> yeah, all right,
1: you can still be eating Pop Tarts and playing
2: Battlefield.
3: I you know what I mean? casual, casual hey, I'm a fucking Pop-Tart, adult I can eat yeah. Pop Tarts and play Battlefield, whatever the fuck I want, as long as no one sees. As long as no one sees me doing it, yeah. so you're I organic, don't see myself doing it. I can't do it in front of mirrors.
2: Oh. <laughs> Just start crying. Well, now I have that image in my brain, so it is as if I've seen it, Ryan. There you so go. Think I'm about tra- that.
1: I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like be healthier and like avoid uh, artificial sweeteners and stuff like that. Break myself out of like mm-hmm. drinking too many C4s, even though I drank one today. Um, <laughs> uh, one blood clot coming right up. <laughs> and I have like a, I have like a bad addiction to to Coke Zero. I like, I love Coke Zero. So I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'll buy the Whole Foods brand Coke Zero. It's probably way better for you. No. it's got ten times as much crap in it, and it tastes terrible. You should try. Uh, you should try. Um, have you tried Zevia before? I have not.
3: Zevia supposed to be pretty good. Zevia, yeah. it's just like stevia Coke, like stevia soda. Stevia
1: is like the best artificial
2: sweetener.
3: Well, it's not. Stevia is so. not artificial. Stevia is a uh, natural sweetener.
2: Uh, I don't know if you, have you guys tried? Oh, I did show it to you guys. Poppy, the uh, the it's the prebiotic soda. Yeah, Poppy. It's oh yeah, good.
1: that is definitely something I should check out. Delicious. What's it called
2: again. Uh P O P P I, Poppy. It's a uh, tried the root beer and their Coke Imposter, I don't know what it's called, but the Dr Pepper one, it's called Dr Pop. That is bang on. I've just been getting awesome. The, um, I've just been getting the uh uh
1: like Brew Dr cans of kombucha. And I've been having that instead L- of soda. A little booch break? Yeah, a little kombucha. A little, a little booch break. A break. So, yeah, we're booching. One, one thing we wanted to talk about uh now that we are we're pretty much caught up. So, John, high five on that because we're pretty current. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
2: oh, that was, <laughs> that was. That was. That was. That zoom. That was just evil. Um, <laughs> that was evil.
1: But we're pretty current, which is nice. Like, yeah. we were having issues. We wanted to talk about more like current event stuff that was happening, but we were so backlogged. With the episodes as they were coming out,
3: we're like ten episodes in. We're like, "Have you guys heard of COVID?" And they're like, "You're a little
1: behind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just locked down.
3: We're like, we're like the Japanese who, who soldier. going to win the election? Yeah, we're like, Trump or Biden, we're like you know? the Japanese soldier on Guam. It's like, it's like, <laughs> hey, man, the war ended seventy years ago,
2: dude. <laughs> dude <laughs> I heard a story recently. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a Japanese soldier on Guam. You must yeah. have listened to Rogan.
3: Yeah, when he when he had uh he had um um uh uh, uh, uh Forrest Galante. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That dude, fucking like forty yeah. years. It was so- like
3: nineteen. It was like nineteen seventy five. He thought he was, the war
2: was still going. Yeah. Like, oh my god.
1: Well,
3: because he was he was in, he was in the jungle in Guam with like a I think with like his son or like a, another person and they like, you know he was like you know it's it, there's a, I think there, he
1: had a son that he didn't and never met because he was like still in the jungle thinking the war was on. I, I feel like there was there was a part where he was with somebody though we I should think look that up. and
3: they were I'll and they were right um, book. and basically it was like you know there's was it, was it
1: Japan. Is a Japanese soldier in Guam? In Guam,
3: and you no, know, because there was and there was an there's you know because there's still an active military base there. There's a lot of flights coming in and out. So he was like, oh, the war, you
2: know, war's still on, yeah. you know, and it's it, like you see military planes flying yeah, overhead. It's crazy. like What else do you think is going on? You know,
1: was it the one with the last Japanese soldier found on Guam? Is that
0: 1972?
2: Ja- Wow.
3: That's crazy. Years of listen. service,
2: 1941 and 45, and then in parentheses, 1972. <laughs> Just 30 years after that. Just imaginary service was the other <laughs> 30 years. Just playing years.
3: pretend. Yeah, yeah, but
2: like for real. But for real.
1: Playing I mean, pretend for real. The realest War version years of pretend. and post-war survival. So, hold on. So, uh... God, this sucks, though. So, Soichi Yoikoi, um, born 31st of March, 1915, died in 1997, was a sergeant in the Imperial Japanese Army during the Second World War and was one of the last three Japanese holdouts to be found after the end of hostiles in 1945. He was discovered in the jungles of Guam on the 24th of January, 1972, almost Ryan's entire life, 28 years later, after U.S. forces had regained control of the island in 1944.
2: That is crazy! Initially,
1: Yukoi served with the 29th Infantry Division in uh, Manchukuo? Uh, In 1943, he was transferred to the 38th Regiment in the Mariana Islands and arrived on Guam in February 1943. When American forces captured the island in 1944 in the Battle of Guam, Yokoi went into hiding with nine other Japanese soldiers. Seven of the original ten eventually moved away and only three remained in the region. These men separated, but visited each other periodically until about 1964 when the other two died in a flood. For the last eight years, Yakoi lived alone. He survived by hunting, primarily at night. He also used native plants to make clothes, bedding, and storage implements, which he carefully hid in his cave. Which we're screen recording, right? Because I'm pulling 100%. up. And, oh my God. Time to store wow. my leaves in my leaf drawer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my leaf drawer made put, of leaves. Made
1: put my leaf drawer made of bamboo. He hid in the jungle, fearing he might be captured by American soldiers occupying the southern islands of Japan. No one told him the war was over. On the evening of the 24th of January, 1972, Yukoi was discovered by two local men checking shrimp traps along a small river on oh. Talafafo. I'm not saying any of this right, and I'm sorry. They had assumed Yakoi was a villager from Talafafo, but he thought this. He thought his life was in danger and attacked them. They managed to subdue him and carried him out of the jungle. Yakoi later said that he expected the local men to kill him at first, but was surprised when instead they allowed him to eat hot soup at their home before turning him over to the authorities. He was in relatively good health, but slightly anemic due to a lack of salt in his diet, according to doctors. His diet included wild nuts and mangoes, papayas, shrimps, snails, frogs, and rats. It was with much embarrassment that I returned. he said upon his return to Japan in March 1972, remark remarkably became a popular saying in Japan. He had known since 1952 that World War II had ended, but feared coming out of hiding, explaining we Japanese soldiers were told to prefer death to the disgrace of getting captured alive oh so
2: this guy was actually cosplaying like he knew the war was over and just decided not to come out is that what you're saying here ed
1: that's i think what they're saying oh wow i didn't know that feared and- coming out of hiding explaining that we japanese soldiers were told to prefer death i'm pretty sure he must have assumed yeah that he had he, he must have known the war was over by 52 yeah but assumed that japan lost and probably assumed that any japanese soldier would be eradicated or captured instead of like welcomed back into a Japanese society. I
2: mean, this is the fact that it is with much embarrassment that it, Ed stop scrolling, scroll back up. <laughs> there you go. It is with much embarrassment that I return. It, um, the new the remark quickly became a popular saying in Japan. He became a meme. This man is a meme. Oh my god, that's yeah. awful. He became a meme. That's yeah. hilarious. Do you guys know what the definition of a meme is? No. Anything that can be replicated. A meme is something that can be repeated. That is that is what a meme is. Isn't also
3: carry um, usually like cultural significance or like cultural information? That's
2: simply it something that can be
1: repeated. There is the, no the, other pretense. The cultural to it. significance may be one of those things where like the definition kind, kind of changes with mm-hmm. slang, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but later in life after a whirlwind media tour of Japan, Yakoi married and settled down in a rural Aichi pr- uh, prefecture. He became a popular television personality and what? an advocate of simple living. You should also make featured... everything out of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was featured in a 1977 documentary film called Yokoi and his 28 years of secret life on Guam, which we need to watch There's right, a lot to the right now. He eventually received the equivalent of US of 300, 300 bucks in back pay and a small pension. Although he never met Emperor Showa, he, uh, while visiting the grounds of the Imperial Palace, Yokoi said, your majesties, I have returned home. I deeply regret that I could not serve you well. The world has certainly changed, but my determination to serve you will never change. Yokoi died in 1997 of a heart attack at the age of 82 and was buried at Nagoya Cemetery under a gravestone that had originally been commissioned by his mother in 1955 after Yokoi had been officially declared dead. Wow. This is a guy that you would
3: definitely still have to watch, though, because, like, he'd be like, oh, he's good, but, like, he'd be like, you know, he'd still feel shame, so he'd probably, like run a bayonet through like a World War II veteran he's <laughs> <laughs> well, just, gotta, just like a terrible. guy in a wheelchair they <laughs> say
1: similar things about Lee Harvey Oswald like you know Lee Harvey Oswald one of those dudes that like he like was a marine and then he didn't like this shit then he moved to Russia for a while yeah, and a brought weird, home a Russian wife and was still taking pictures stuff. with guns and yeah it was, it was his story is and then he shot one. the president allegedly 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 allegedly, allegedly. 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 <laughs> they just released those CIA documents. The CIA was like,
2: yeah, we kind of knew. I'm like, wow. what? Dude. What like, do you mean? I <laughs> "Don't worry about it. I mean, there, there was one night. Um, we, we three. We three have a group chat where I, uh, I went on a little FOIA wormhole. And found some shit um, with... Uh, it's Freedom of Information Act, Peter. Yeah, FOIA, FOIA. FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. Not
3: to be confused with Goya, which is the beans, but continue.
2: Beans! <laughs> and, uh, it, or it, that it, guy it, that thinks and goes, Fire! <laughs> <laughs> Emerald, well, <I will>, bam! <laughs> but but uh, this this particular art, like it was a release of these, these documents, declassified documents that described um, consciousness in what seemed to be astral projection uh, and... I was positively blown away. I remember you responding like, John, what am I reading? Yeah, and uh, You just sent
3: it to me while I was, like, Ubering. And you
2: was <laughs> just in the middle of driving, like, I can't – what is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So we'll talk about that one day, uh, and I'm sure we'll find even more stuff in the yeah. depths of the internet due to FOIA. But uh, for now, we've got this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this guy,
2: which was... This was a whole... I'm
1: glad we went over this. This was pretty interesting, but this was a total ADD thing. <laughs> yeah. And now back to Ed to talk about eggs. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Ed, that was the current event thing I was talking about, that eggs are super expensive, but but it's interesting that eggs are really expensive because apparently there was an outbreak of avian flu that killed like 57 million chickens or something like that. Um, CNN was trying to relate it back to the Ukraine
2: war. I'm not sure First what. sentence. I'm not, I'm not sure how... Uh, yeah, they said the first sentence. It was like, you know, due to avian flu and also fallout from the Ukraine-Russia war, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, can you remove it's your... It's both. Part- yeah, hey, remove your partisan lens. Not everything is Russia's yeah, according
1: fault. According to Forbes, the avian flu has a mortality rate of 90 to 100% in chickens. Jesus. So, a lot of chickens have died off due to this outbreak of avian flu, and it has skyrocketed Jesus. the price of eggs. Oh. This what flu is just fired by, like, Purdue. Yeah, it's... Yeah, um... At the same time, like you're talking like a like a seven, eight, or nine dollar carton eggs as opposed to your average like four or five dollar carton eggs, or if you get the cheap eggs like one or two. Um, but the thing that I wanted to bring up is that uh, according to my research lately, this is off a Google search uh, from CertifiedHumane.org. Do pasture eggs, raised eggs, have better nutritional value? Right. So like, I was my my brother and ever uh, he he. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me, while I die. <laughs>
2: now we've got the avian
1: flu. So anyway, um, <laughs> so
2: none of this is getting edited. No, <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> just keep it. Yeah. Fuck you. He always has the last call. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so for the longest time, and I used to just like make sure that we were cage free and everything. You know, I don't think I've ever said this on the show before, but I was a vegetarian uh, slash vegan for a little while for like five years. Mm. Um, And I'm pretty much carnivore now, Uh, and the reason for that flip is due to a lot of research that I've done, not that I'm a nutritionist, not that I am offering you nutritional advice or telling you how you should or shouldn't eat, but my personal opinions on things changed, and so did my health. I have severe autoimmune issues, uh, which leads to really, really aggressive psoriasis, which affects my career, affects my life, and puts me in constant pain. I couldn't Mm. sleep at night. I had psoriasis so bad that I was constantly scratching and bleeding, Mm. and it was really, really traumatic, and I was constantly uncomfortable. Now I'm at a point where, like, I still have patches, but I don't really feel them. I don't itch too much here and there. Um, And now I've, uh, if you guys follow Carnivore MD, uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, he's got a lot of good information, and I'm just taking the plunge. Um, You guys know now that these episodes are out about uh, John and I's um, sobriety challenge. Um, So we're actually going to be extending that an extra week just for shits and gigs. Um, that's you. Not that was not stomach. me. That was your stomach. stomach. No, I know. Um, we're gonna be extending an extra week just for shits and gigs just to challenge ourselves a little bit harder. And I'm challenging myself to 30 days, pretty much animal based. Just
3: a quick question: Is Paul Saldino the nipples guy, or is that the is that the other guy? What
1: the nipples guy? The guy who's the guy
3: who's like who's like who's like liver fruit and raw dairy, and he's like in a supermarket with the shirt off. He's like, these are my nipples. What do you think? And I'm just like, put a fucking shirt on. What is yeah, that you hate that. You hate him. Yes, you he, do. You he's just him. he's just like. But it, but he just the, but in the
1: same way if you listen if you actually listen to his YouTube videos mm-hmm. instead of his clickbaity Instagram stuff, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like Huberman, like mm-hmm. he, he ref, constantly referencing studies, mm-hmm. constantly talking about different chemicals, you know, that that are present in certain things and what their what their effects could have, and he admits when things are not proven and when they're opinion based based on his opinion as a cardiologist.
3: I feel like a lot of the time though, every time even and again, this is coming from the clickbaity stuff though, is that every time he does bring up.
1: It's all linoleic acid. Well, well, it's all all linoleic acid. Well, it's also, it's also, it's
3: also, it's all like the effects are like not like the like I feel like the risk to reward ratio. He's like, hey, he's like this will. He's like again, it's like uh, like whatever's in spinach. Like it's like, oh, that'll 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 that'll, um that'll uh uh, the ox like oxalates in spinach. Like oh, that'll that'll uh, lower your uh, lower your iron intake. And it's like okay, but like is that how is that balanced against the benefits of eating spinach? It's it's like. Like you know, where he's like, "Oh, this will this will affect this," and it's like every time I've seen something where he talks about an effect, it's like not that big. And that's different though than like again, like again, he talks about someone like Michaela Peterson who like using it as the elimination part of it, which is like had severe well, autoimmune issues Michaela Peterson like,
1: literally eats lamb and beef and salt and that's it and water and sparkling Peterson. water. Yeah, same. But same with Jordan yeah. Peterson, like that's that's all yeah, they eat yeah. is that, you know. So yeah, so but that that's all they eat. That's all they eat is meat. That's it. And this is so, like, well, yeah, he does it as a lifestyle. All he has is raw cheese, kefir, you know, raw milk, uh, meat and fruit and honey and like salt, and that's it. Um, At the same time, if you are like, you know, 80 on, 20 off in the future, Mm -hmm. I think a 30 day kind of like reset of Mm -hmm. my immune system because when you start looking into like, there's uh, there's a book called is maybe is it the path or uh, somebody lent me a book mm-hmm. that I still have because whenever you lend somebody a book, just like let's be honest, you're not
2: getting it back. Um, <laughs> we may as well just
3: throw the book into the ocean. <laughs> yeah,
2: pretty much half of the books in that cabinet are uh, somebody else's, I, and they I, haven't I, and you haven't read them. I, I don't I don't know whose they are. I John don't doesn't know how, to read. Read. I don't know how to read. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, they just I you like don't. the pictures. <laughs> there's, <laughs>
1: but I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, so. Long story short is because of my health, my mind changed about these things. Because as soon as I reintroduced healthy, you know, healthy sourced meats, like I use ButcherBox, all the, I try to make sure that all the meat that I eat is antibiotic free, pasture raised, free roaming, grass fed, grass finished. Like whatever I can do to mm-hmm. make it as ethically sourced as possible, as nutritious as possible. Um, and I'm really trying for the first time in my life, you know, like I've never I I like. This sobriety challenge has taught me that, like, I can do stuff for 30 days. Mm-hmm. I quit yeah. smoking. Yeah. I never thought I was going to quit fucking smoking cigarettes. That's yeah. been years since I've had a cigarette. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I can do anything. That means I can do it. Yeah. Like, if, I, if I, can make, I can make it happen, I can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? So, it's like, I'm in so much better control now. So, I think 30 days on that. It's already been a week, and I'm like, I feel really good. Like, my body feels good. My joints are starting to lubricate a little bit. I'm going to get back to working out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm um, gonna try to, you know, lift in the morning and take class at night, mm-hmm. and uh, and and see how I do with my energy levels. Like just having fruit as my carbohydrate source, yeah. um, and I think it'll be a good way to kind of gauge because there's other diets where it's like super. It's really stringent. It's like okay, only boil your white fish. You know, <laughs> just boil white fish. <laughs> that and whole sentence and is like boil, awful. Boil, I'm just boil, mad about Boil that. white fish and have cucumbers for a week, and let's and then like slowly <sighs> reintroduce and see <sighs> if maybe spinach is what's triggering you.
2: And if you because piss there, blood, you're ketogenic. <laughs> like, well, because there
1: there are certain because well because keto was a fuck show for me. I hated doing keto. Oh uh, yeah, same and, dude. And like, sorry keto people, I fucking hated it. Um, you may like it, but Ed doesn't. So <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like even when I'm just having like rice, and occasionally like even the sourdough bread that I was making, I'm, like I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Something something's going on where my body's just not doing mm-hmm. well with grains. And maybe it's because I have an overgrowth in my gut biome of like Candida or something like that, and all those grains and everything are feeding it. Mm-hmm. So 30 days off of that, potentially it'll reset some things, reduce a little bit of the brain fog, mm-hmm. maybe clear my skin up a little bit. We'll see. Only only thing we you know, like I don't really agree with him when he's like fucking, you know, like never eat spinach again. Like I I <laughs> I don't. I don't really fucking... see that, but I, a, lot, a lot. of. A lot of that is yeah, just like. Sure. But 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 I but I do. Th- I mean, like I had onions on sausages today. You know, ooh, I cheated. I had fucking onions. But like, ah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to kill myself. It's like Dr. Sean Baker. Dr. Sean Baker's another one. He's strictly carnivore only meat. Um. And he's another good one where he's like. He was talking to Rogan on his interview with him. He's like, "Well, he's not like I." He goes, "I don't split hairs if somebody puts cilantro on my steak when I order it at a restaurant." He's mm-hmm. like, "Whatever, you know." Yeah, like hey, don't do that. Don't send yeah. back something because there's cilantro on, Absolutely it. or, or no. parts, whatever. No, no, I know, whatever green, you know, chives. They're just gonna like they're that. just gonna
3: like press the button to put you into like the restaurant Shark Tank. <laughs> but,
1: but the point of all this is that I was buying the expensive eggs anyway. And so, if you're not eating out and you're not eating terrible foods for you, and you're not just like. Wasting money mm-hmm. On restaurants When you could be meal prepping And doing things for yourself And doing things on your own You're gonna save money You'll be able to buy The nice groceries for yourself And save money Because you don't You're not Spending $30 for lunch every day mm-hmm. You're not going out And having drinks on the weekend You know How much money Did we used to waste at the bar oh, When we goodness. were kids Oh man I Hundreds mean. of dollars In a night right, In I, a night I could run a bar tab Boys and girls But uh, not So recently. could I yeah. So yeah. could I I was at one time I got double charged by the bar. I was out like 400 bucks. That was fun. Oh,
2: shit. Was that where we went? That was oh, where we went, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, man. But, but still, so now for
2: pasture-raised eggs.
1: And now the key is pasture-raised because there's certain things. I don't know how this is in other countries, but there's a lot of... Loopholes when it comes to advertising that mm-hmm. make it legal. So they could say cage free, and what that means is for an hour a day the chickens go outside. Yeah. <laughs> just asterisk no. we lied. It's just, grass. Yeah. Just Get right. punted back. So home. <laughs> when you if you really want, if you really want something, you want like even free range. Free range is good, but this is why I love Vital Farms. Vital Farms is the yeah. brand I look for. Yep, same um, pasture-raised. <laughs> you want to look for pasture-raised eggs. And so now, uh do pasture this is from certifiedhumane.org. Do pasture-raised eggs have better nutritional value? In it, researchers found that one pasture-raised egg contained twice as much omega-3 fat. Now remember omega-3, because omega-3 versus omega-6 is a big, big, big difference. And that's the other reason why you shouldn't buy farm-raised fish, because farm-raised fish are fed with pellets, those pellets contain omega-6 fatty acids, and omega-6 fatty acids are inflammatory, while omega-3 fats are anti-inflammatory. They
3: feed them non-pasteurized eggs, so that's the main thing in need <laughs> That's to the remember. problem. That's the So issue. three
1: times more vitamin D, four times more vitamin E, and seven times more beta-carotene, which is B12 vitamins.
3: That is is a moron. That is is a moron.
1: That is is a moron. Correction, beta-carotene is a form of vitamin A, not B12. Uh, than eggs from hens raised on traditional feed. From an agricultural standpoint, pasture eggs, eggs are often superior, too, and I believe that they
2: mean in flavor. You want that, like, deep orange yolk. Yeah, yeah my, um, my mom has a friend who has chickens in her backyard, and um, I suppose they qualify for this criteria. Um, I'm not sure about the they, grade. Yeah, yeah if, they're, if they're outside eating bugs. They that's just ha- they're they want, like yeah. her roommates. They're like, hey, what's up? That's Fred. you know, and yeah. Fred doesn't lay eggs because he's a rooster, but the rest <laughs> of them do. <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, they, those they have these deep orange yolk. They're delicious. Yeah. I love a good yeah. egg over it, medium. Like I'll, I'm calling you back if we have over medium eggs. I, I love them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: me too. It's fantastic. I'm a big but, like, fan. the, we Can have breakfast the again? Flavor, but then but then you should you know cook them side by side. Get an eggland's best white. You know bleached white yolk that that thing was fed feed and kept in the dark its entire life. Yeah, it just looks like it came this, out of like, a package this pale yellow egg. So you have to realize that like if you're especially if you're eating animal products, if the animal was raised like shit, mm. the, the the animal product is going to be like shit. Like Wagyu beef, yeah. Wagyu beef is super expensive, and it's really just marketing that makes it so expensive. Yeah, I feel like, it's the not egg, good. like the eggland
3: mm. ones. Like when you look at the you're like this chicken was just fed like. Wonder White bread and, like, Diet Coke. This chicken it's like it's hung, just like... like <laughs> there's a rooster
1: on cornflakes, so they figured that was chicken food and just gave it just yeah, that. It's like, you know? well,
3: it's on the box. And they're like, oh, I guess it is on the box. These imagine. chickens
1: have been hung upside down their whole lives. <laughs> just, like, for storage. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then, so, yeah, so the fact from... uh From um, the pasture-raised difference by R D says, the facts that pasture eggs... E- the facts. The, pas- the facts. That pasture-raised eggs contain... uh, Pasture... Aunt, that sentence doesn't make no, sense. The, 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 fats, fats, the fats. The Oh, there we go. Okay. Do. Okay. Alrighty. I had a brain bug there for a second. Just. Um, oh, the facts that pasture-raised eggs. The fats, motherfucker. You're trying <laughs> the really <fats>. hard. The <laughs> fats. The fats. The fats. F-A-T-S. And oh my god! I can't. Jesus. Talk it's late. It's usually early. Um, that means you f-
3: can't. That means you get to. Add I, can't C's? I can't read at night. I can't
1: read at night. Can't read at night. It I gets laid out there bed. early. What ladies is this and reasoning? <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. smells like onions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you just fed me them. Yes. The fats that pasture-raised eggs contain are anti-inflammatory and beneficial to the heart and brain, where conventionally raised proteins are higher in omega six and may promote inflammation. So it's just it's interesting things to think about, and it's yeah. just and it's just my personal personal opinion on the fact that everybody's like. Holy shit. Like, and like everybody has to talk about it. Like, I'm ringing up eggs at the grocery store. My $7 eggs versus my $5 gonna eggs. Break that's gonna break the bank. That's gonna break the fucking, right. That's oh. gonna break the fucking bank. And even the cashier is like, Man, I can't believe how expensive these eggs are. And I'm like, why you got to make me feel bad that I'm buying
2: eggs? How many times did you say that today, fella? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Am I well, your first because that, that's what
1: happens is like something makes a headline and everybody's like, I can't believe that thing that's happening everywhere. Isn't that crazy? Let's talk about that thing. Yeah, let's talk about that thing that's happening all over the place. Isn't it terrible? <laughs> we yeah. better not buy eggs. I saw an article that was like, what you can buy instead. And it's like, motherfucker, you are going to Burger King? Shut up. <laughs> you yeah. can buy instead of eggs? Yeah, what you can buy instead? What do you what do you what substitutes eggs?
3: Egg <laughs>
2: substitute. No, not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. not okay with vegan food pretending to be not vegan food. Like it's yeah. it's vegan meat. Like no, it's re- not meat. Re- yeah, it's, and regardless, call how it much, something
1: else. And re- regardless how much you may not like the clickbaity Kayla's bullshit fucking post from Paul Saladino, you should follow Sean Baker because he got mm. interesting information. It doesn't mean you have to be a carnivore. Is that or the bigger like dude? That. Yeah. Okay. The guy who's like- fi- the guy who's 57 years old. Will put his blood work out there that he's not taking testosterone and can be, uh deadlift four oh five for, for He'll twenty. He'll forcefully put
3: his blood in you. Mm. <laughs> he's like you want to see how good this works? At <laughs> a <distance>. oh my <laughs> five seconds. Like Spider Man. He at just put he
1: just put him a video the other day, four oh five for twenty. Deadlifting four oh five for, for twenty, Rebs, for oh, 20 reps. What? At fifty seven years old. Wow. All carnivore. A, so it's like my there's something there's something to be said about like the way our ancestors ate. And like there is, you know, some evidence that even the warrior monks ate meat. Yeah. You yep. know, it was actually their
2: enemies. Ooh, that's, I'm I'm lying. I don't, <laughs> I'm really not that strong. <laughs> I'm just playing along. They just everyone. ate other
3: people, I think, or
2: maybe did they? Just I'm like, just keeping these guys company at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thanks,
1: John, for, thanks for being yeah, my John's friends. just like a smaller armoire so, that you know, talks. It's just, it's, just, it's just my personal opinion on perspective about these things. Because the news is going to try to make you afraid. The news is going to try to make you really fearful about, like, I guess I better not buy the things that are healthy for me and buy things that are less healthy for me because it's going to save me $3. But also, I went to a barbecue place today and spent $35 on my lunch.
2: I don't, I don't you know? Know? Eat a pound of brisket. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it it's needs like, sauce because it's drier than it's a like, doorstop.
1: It's like Seung says all the time about the... Uh, paying for the seminars and paying for workshops and stuff like that that he does or taking taking private lessons or whatnot, he's like, listen, if you're having trouble affording something that's going to benefit you in the long run, don't go to Starbucks that week. Don't buy the stupid shit you buy at Seven Eleven that week. Find a cheaper way. And mm-hmm. the cheaper way is usually, and I've said this on episodes before, prepping yourself the night before. Making mm-hmm. sure you have something in the fridge that you can either throw in the microwave before you leave for work or take with you and eat, if you're one of those people that thinks like microwaves are going to give you
2: cancer then I can't help you. But like right. make sure you portion out your ice cream the night before. This way it's yeah. ready for you the next morning. Yes, exactly. So you can have <laughs> your ice cream in bed and stay there. Oh, I love like I feel oh, like ice I've, cream in bed is like that is like a clutch move. Ice cream I've,
3: in bed. I is feel, feel be like shit. that guy. He I feel like it. that guy who's like portioning out his ice cream is just like doing it for show. He's like, and for today's portion, and it's just one container. And he goes, not to be confused with tomorrow's portion, it's just another container.
2: We're mm. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have some chubby. Hubby oh, that's today. my cheat.
1: Ice cream is my fucking shit. That's my shit. A Dude, cookie dough ice cream. You could not pick win.
2: a more calorically dense cheat meal. I, lo- I love oh. ice cream too, but it's I like, love ice cream. And that's 1400 calories. Yeah.
3: In yeah. One that's like light, that's that's like going like light speed to getting fat. It's just like <laughs> It's just, dude, I'm going to go. What's the thing from uh, speedball? (laughs) Speedballs. (laughs) Spaceballs. What's the thing from Uh, speedballs? We're going
2: to go ludicrous speed. This is ludicrous speed to hypertension. It's just ice cream. Suddenly you're 418 pounds. (laughs) 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 No, but dude, like, Mac from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he got fat by melting ice cream and drinking drinking it. And he went to his doctor, like, what's the healthiest way that I get really fat? And the doctor was like, well, first of all, don't. Yeah, get the fuck out of my office. (laughs) Second of all, Yes, that, yeah. that will get you very fast. If I was that doctor, one, I would just like
3: slowly just put a pie in his face. Just like, <laughs> just get the fuck out of here. Don't Enough ever come back. Don't eat that. <laughs> don't, I don't eat the back. Yeah, just, just taking
1: it out of his mouth. Yeah, no, that's, that's a bad
2: time. Yeah.
1: So, John, you did have something that you wanted to bring up today. Did you want to jump into that topic?
2: Yeah. Um. There was uh, last week. Um, I meant to uh, bring this up sooner. Uh, but oh, But is was Perfect. Worked. Yeah, no, it was doing great boys. Yeah, we're doing great. So, I mean, it's good that you bring up fear because fear was kind of the, um, the, the center of of this, this thought that I had had, or kind of a culmination of thoughts I had had last week. Um, so I was, I was working and, uh, there was a couple of guys that I had seen before. They looked familiar. I wasn't sure where I had seen them. I introduced myself and they're like, Oh, it's like Gordo. It's me, Christian. Like I, we met at the Christmas party. Like, I was like, "Oh yeah, I was I was hammered." That's yeah. right. That's why I don't remember you. But anyway, um uh, yeah, If you met me at the Christmas party, you didn't <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you was, didn't. You met t- someone else. Yeah. You could have been a channeling spirit. You could have been a potted plant in the
1: corner that I was trying to make out with. I don't know. I was like, the, I, he was like those people that that are channelers. You know what I mean? I mean, don't you love those people that like they like thousands of people buy tickets and they sit up there and the lights are low. Oh, I don't know what you were doing. At the first. Li- the li- the, light, the lights are low and, low and I'm like, they're like, "Oh yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on, I'm coming. Give me 1 minute Let me, let me summon him." And they go ah yes I am here I am now speaking to you from my ship above the planet and people buy it
2: Can mm. you believe that shit? there's another another yes. profession that has existed for a very long time uh, called, called acting mm-hmm. that's one <laughs> that is that is acting you're're you're, you're doing that yeah uh, been around yeah. for hundreds maybe thousands of years yeah give that
3: guy an acting degree in handcuffs performance <laughs> that's, yeah that's, that's called that acting that's, oh. what that's... that's what that's called uh, John, but anyway what are
2: you we can get back to the story um <laughs> so shit. so this guy was um I, I believe he was either a runner or a pa so relatively low on the ladder when it comes to positions in television and um you know we were talking and this and that and he mentioned that he had interest in, in evs which is what i do and um no and so no. I told him like, yeah, well, you know, well, tell me about it. And he was like, well, I went to the I went to the school. I took a course on mm-hmm. EVS, and uh, you know, I just haven't I haven't had the opportunity to sit down at a machine and and operate it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have one right in front of me. I'm literally on the air, like doing mm-hmm. replays and talking to this kid. And um, I was like, you know, give me your email address. And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I and I email him the actual handbook for the EVS, like hundreds of pages, mm-hmm. the complete operator's manual to maintain a server and the remote and um but before i emailed that i asked if they give you the manual I'm my like, god he's like i have a sheet and i'm like no the manual so i just gave him the entire all the information you could possibly know about the machine mm-hmm. and um for free like for for nothing i was like here you go man and he's like whoa like seriously i was like yeah read mm-hmm. it over make sure you can sit in front of a machine and 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 look right. at having it in front look, of you while you're look at what it. it says and hit the buttons and see what they do because mm-hmm. this is good but it's, it doesn't really do a lot unless you have a machine in front of you to learn mm-hmm. it. And he was like, dude, like, thank you, man. And you know what? There's a chance that maybe that's where it ends. You know, may, maybe he doesn't pursue EVS any further. But you know what? I, I gave him a, t- a tool that I had in my belt. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt no fear from it. You know, I felt nothing of it. It was... In my own opinion, you know, bringing other people up doesn't bring me down. You know, I, I believe as an operator, my value is intrinsic to the way I operate a show. Yeah, so and I dealt I, I with I things
1: like that when I was a mechanic a lot of the times. Like, people didn't want to teach you how to do stuff because then all of a sudden you'd be able to do what they do and you're going to take the big jobs from them.
2: Right, and, and that's, that d- didn't enter my brain right. for even a second to the point where even another PI had done the same to him as well. He was like, oh, you think I get that too? I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. It's information. You right. know, you get the information. You do what you can with right, it. Right, it's right. not." my my responsibility the interaction with me is over at that point and i told this story to my mother on the phone and um she she told me she was like john you know like that's because you, you i've realized in you like you you recognize abundance and there's plenty of abundance to go around there's plenty mm. plenty for everybody right and people that would have said no or not done that operate with fear they're mm. scared and they're scared of what empowering another person or to like, enter their realm owned. What would happen to them <clears throat> having another person to be their competition? I don't, right. I don't believe that at all. And um, she said it's fear that caused them to do that. And uh, then she said to me, like John, you know, you know how many times, or do you know what the most repeated phrase in the Bible is? And I'm not really a religious person at all. Like I, I, I don't remember the last time I was in church. I, I don't read the Bible. I read excerpts when your wedding. When I mean, yeah, we're, fair. we we <laughs> went fair. exactly. That was that was the last time I was in a church. It Was my own wedding. Um, but. She said the most repeated phrase in the Bible is, do not be afraid. It's repeated 365 times. It is the most repeated phrase in the Bible by a lot. And it's just uh, one for every day of the year. Right. 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 And that's another coincidence. And, and that really made me think. You are know, there coincidences, Sean? <laughs> I mean, you tell me. Uh, you... I
1: say that are none. I am speaking to you from my ship, which is
2: floating now above <laughs> the planet. <laughs> I fear uh what the the fallout from that skit is going to be like when they realize you're um acting. <laughs>
3: Wait a minute, can I do that? <laughs> yeah, like I can and pretend. Just, goes,
2: hey! I mean, guy just pulls out a pistol and shoots that guy in the audience. Like
3: feel, ah, Basha made me do that's that. that. That's how we both feel about spirit grandma. Yeah, but uh, yeah.
1: So Hold you on know, because I don't know what
2: you're saying. But uh, it. Esther Brooks, I still don't know what you're saying. Yeah, Once I don't know. But um, but yeah, I mean that was really long and short of it. It kind of got that got wheels spinning on me though because. You know, if do not be afraid was such an important phrase as to be repeated in the Bible 365 times, I think there's value in that statement, to fear mm-hmm. not, to, to, to be brave. I mean, what, what kind of value does bravery have in your life? Obviously a lot. Being brave is an extremely valuable thing, and I think being brave is more than just not being scared. Right. And we've spoke about this before with, on, on numerous occasions, and, but I, I think it's more than just the negative impacts of fear. I think that all negative things come from fear. I think that's a fair statement.
1: And a lot of times in the Bible when they say do not be afraid, do not be afraid is being spoken oftentimes in the Old Testament by angels mm. who are like, like like that's what they said to Ezekiel. So Ezekiel's seeing like wild shit. Yeah. You know, he's seeing like you know, rings of fire with eyes in them, yeah. and like yeah. that's yeah. what angels looked like. like yeah. yeah, the angels yeah. are like, "That's Hank," and they're like, he's like, "I don't know what any of this is." He's like, yeah. "Yeah, just relax." bro. Yeah, could you could you imagine there's like <laughs> this this giant hulking figure that's on fire in front of you, this big great presence, and the first thing he says to you is, "Do not be afraid," and it's like, really, you know, it's telling, yeah. you, "Don't be afraid in the presence of greatness. Don't be afraid in the presence of power." You know?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's more than just this tamping fear in front of an apparition. I, I think it's just how to walk into the night. You know, it's it's how to how to walk through the darkness, it's how to walk through life. It's just do not be yeah. afraid. You can't be afraid with every step you take on every minute of your journey, you know. Right. But with every movie you make. That too. I'll be watching you, said Sting from behind the bushes with his yeah. bass guitar. Yeah. Naked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he just, he's just playing you. with his dick. Boom, boom,
0: boom, doo, yeah. doo, doo,
2: doo, doo. Go you. Go me. Allegedly, allegedly a
1: passionate <laughs> lovemaker. Yeah, <laughs> a tantric. He's just lovemaker. He just, he's just running time. away from
3: the neighborhood watch. Oh yeah. 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 Just
1: yeah. like
2: Just edging for four and a half weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, can't you see? Oh
2: yeah. You, you saw. ain't
0: catching me. <laughs> it's great. Can we wrap this up? Yeah. something. You
2: It's like, Sting, come on, man. It's great, but like, it's it's been four hours, dude. I gotta go to work. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's um, that's about where I wanted to take that. So I, I also think not.
3: I also think too it is people people treating fear as because again it it's not it is such a base emotion. It's like oh happiness or this that and the third is but there's something very fear goes so much deeper where it's not just like it's not like I feel like uh, almost like a uh, like a later patch emotion it's like this was like it's like base CPU like you know ba- you know base version of the game
2: like fear and, and yeah, what it taps into something primal
3: yeah and I and I think that I think that is a, a big piece of it that it does tap into something primal but but it's also just it, it is it is a it's not just an emotion but it's also a perspective because it, it is fear is a is again it's how you're interacting and how you're viewing the things around you in, in either a Again, either in a way of abundance, I have more than enough. So, and also, and also a lot of times I think abundance does attract abundance further a Mm. lot of the time. Um, But, but in saying that, I I think, you know, you, you it it can become a self fulfilling prophecy of you feeling like you have less and trying to hoard. And then because of that, it, 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 what, what can be making you feel like that's true is even just your perspective and how, and how then, because again, that's your operating system that you're viewing stuff. That's like the glasses you put on. If you had like, you had like uh like great depression like pit vipers you were just like oh (laughs) Oh, i love my pit vipers (laughs) yeah i love (laughs) my pit vipers (laughs) dude yeah John becomes a bad guy when he puts his pit
2: vipers on. It's just troublemaker shades, dude. Yeah. I'm a big fan, but yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt John, you John just becomes same. an alcoholic just immediately. <laughs> just, just immediately double fisting and then they're empty. You know? just, just,
3: all of a sudden, John's just riding a pig. He Uncle Laser. <laughs> yeah. You ever
1: watch Kill Tony? Uncle Laser. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, my God. But yeah, John's just riding a pig. But yeah, John's just riding a boar. But is all bigotry not rooted in fear? It
2: has to be, you know. I, it's the same thought: is that that uh, unfair prejudice? It has to be rooted in fear. It's just the only way. How how can you be so irrationally motivated as to as to feel hatred? It's not fun to hate anything. And, yeah, and
1: then they they, they they rationalize their hatred with more fear based things, like they're going to do this to our community. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to do this to our industry. Like in they're going to this, group and here, fear
3: is synonymized. Synonymized? That's not <laughs> a, fu- that's <laughs> not a <laughs> fucking I mean, word at all. Uh, it's synonymous with. Um, not knowing. Mm. Also, the unknown. Again, it's because yeah, and that's why you see all these things of like, like again, what the fuck was that guy's name? We don't have to look it up, but but I, if you guys know is the uh, the uh, the black guy who went to a bunch of the KKK rallies. He's yeah. been on Joe Rogan, and he oh was like, oh my god, I heard yeah, about that. Yeah, that, no, yeah, that, I that guy's about got that guy. an amazing story. He's got a collection. Um, what is his name? Um, we need to find out. But um, but you know, there is something to be said about again about not only not only having fear as your as your base. Kind of model of living in your life, but also realizing, you know, being able, being able to, um, being able to take a step back. Daryl Davis. Being, it. It, being able to take a step back. How one man convinced oh, two hundred plus. Hold on, on, on it. <laughs> being able, being able to take a step back and be able to take inventory of your own life and see where you're operating from fear. Because again, we talk about this a lot. Where it's like, and I think we're very cognizant of this in our where we are in our life of like you know late twenties, early thirties, where we're like. Man, there's like shit. Like I gotta like work on, you know? Because like if not, like it'll just be there. For, it'll just be on your back forever. Like <laughs> like, just, like a shitty I was koala just, just I was licking just your earlobe until yeah. you die.
1: I, I was uh I went and so, I went to my friend Amanda's office today, and we were talking about that a lot. Like like, like oh my god! Like remember th- 13 years ago when I was 20, and I was like Jesus Christ! Like there's all this shit that like all these coping mechanisms, coping yeah. mechanisms that we used to use when we were in our early 20s that like we're like totally okay then. That like now you're like man, I can't go back there. I can't nah. go back to that right. pit. Exactly.
3: And, and, and again, that thing is, is, is looking again, looking where you, um, again, a lot of times the, the, the tools for the tools and answers for your own personal development and growth are in the, in the places you least want to look. And again, that's the whole, going back to the whole, the whole Jordan Peterson idea. That's why, that's why, um, you know, the gold you're looking for is being held and hoarded by the dragon because you have to you have to delve into the depths and f- and overcome the dragon to get that thing. It's holding what you what you want most. Mm. You know, so it's not it's not just that it could be gold; it could be anything. That's the whole that's the whole the whole. I guess would it be um, the metaphor, the allegory of that is is mm, is that it's just it's ethos. yeah, it's holding yeah. it's holding what you desire most, and it's it's, it's 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 that's why it matters that it's underground and you have to delve in deep to go get it, and that it's being it's being held by held by this thing that you, the least thing that you want to look at. Um, and there's something to be there's something to be said for that. And that's even something for me, kind of kind of going back to the idea of discipline perspective. again, that's why I also I felt that it was important even to like as like as a tattoo to like get tattooed on myself is that idea because it's like as a reminder for me of because if you don't look at it, it's you're not gonna look at it. Like like if you don't look at it, like like that is a, that is a completely one way, Street in that sense of, of addressing it because if you don't address it then it just acts on its own and it just kind of is running in the background right. and it's guiding and it's giving you these subtle nudges of, of, of you just kind of again not being in control of like oh like oh oh you know what fuck that person that that this person is something triggering that it's from your past fuck that person it, it steers you this way and it steers you that way and it's like if you're not willing to engage and interact with that then you just become this person that is being pulled and like mushed by yeah. like by like this this. Um, this shadow of yourself that is not properly integrated and not properly dealt with. Right. You know? And
1: if I may interject with just this one, this one small passage from this John... article on Daryl Davis. Right. It says, Daryl Davis is a blues musician but he also has what some might call an interesting hobby. For the past 30 years, Davis, a black man, has spent time befriending members of the Ku Klux Klan. He says, once the friendship blossoms, the Klansmen realize that their hate may be misguided. Since Davis started talking with these members, he says, 200 Klansmen have given up their robes and, robes and probably more now um, when that happens Davis collects the robes and keeps them in his home as a reminder of the dent he has made in racism by simply sitting down and having dinner with people and so in in speaking to them he forces them to look at that filth you know yeah. he forces them to look at that because they realize they're now confronted with their fear and realizing that their their hatred is based on fear that is irrational
2: right yeah and that's uh, – as, as you were describing earlier, Ryan, uh, the words came into mind uh, to describe fear as an irrational motivator. It's just the yeah. two words that kind of just assembled themselves in my brain listening you speak. Mm-hmm. But one could even argue that, um, that, that the dragon hoarding the gold underground – you could even say the first obstacle that you would face in pursuit of this dragon – before you even mm. start digging and even face the dragon itself, is fear. Mm-hmm. It is the first obstacle that, that you need yeah. to overcome in order to progress anywhere in any direction that you want to go that may be positive. So yeah. it's 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 a barrier. It, it can act as a barrier, and it, it, just like it acts as a motivator, just so a motivator applies force to, and persuades you to go in a direction. A barrier is for is is preventing you to going in one particular you, way. And you, I, I'm sorry. Um,
3: you know what's actually uh interesting to that point too. I feel like what fear also is is that it is um it is both um. Um. Uh, igno- ig- ignorance and arrogance towards the perceived outcome, mm. because because you're ignorant of what could actually happen, which is leading to fear. But you're also arrogant in the sense of knowing that it's going to go badly. Mm. That's also right. what it, because yeah. because you're like oh like this is gonna this is gonna go bad, so I'm not gonna do it. It's like well, but you don't know you that don't know
2: though, that for certain and, and at all. it's
3: like and it's you don't. But again, if it's like if you're not up to challenging that part of you then again then then it becomes then it just i feel like it just ensnares you more and more and more because you you let it you let it sink in and then and then it gets to a point where you don't even realize that it's there anymore and then it just kind of fully yeah, you know yeah. it fully kind of integrates with you in the way you know not in a or it, it becomes i think a better way to think of it is that it becomes more of a parasite on your life it becomes something that is you know like a brain worm. it's becoming something that is that is controlling you from the behind the scenes and you're not fully aware of it, but you're but then you're on the receiving end of dealing with all the outcomes of it. You're dealing with all the consequences of that. So um again it kind of goes back to the idea of that that discipline perspective and looking where you least want to look right for the things that you're looking for. So basically um maybe this could be I don't know if we have a new merch idea, but um talk to your inner Klu Klux Klan member inside of you. And uh, yeah, we're putting have, have, dinner, have, sure. have dinner with them. And make him take his robe off. <laughs> undress the Ku Klux fan yeah. member with in and your un- cerebellum. And and undress them, yes. <laughs> it's just like, it's just a rant. Just a psychotic rant on a t-shirt. <laughs> the text is just getting smaller. And, and, and it's just it, dribbling off the side. It's just got like,
2: a, like, like Rose from Titanic. Just a Ku Klux member like... <laughs> this a picture of Ryan drunk on a park bench. <laughs> Undraw. yeah, hammer. hammered. fucking Hammer, It's a the, Boston drunk. This is also reminding me of, of um the time when I was a cashier at, at Wall uh, I was working the register. <laughs> yeah, and... I just and picture
3: you just ringing people up in a Klu Klux outfit. Very specific reference, but...
2: It was a green apron, a green smock, actually. I upgraded to the apron when I went into the bakery. But... um. I was re- talking to this woman and you know you, you i'm a social enough guy you yeah. know i like to have conversations mm-hmm. with strangers and i did a lot of that when i was a cashier mm-hmm. and there's this one woman i, I we just kind of got started on a conversation and it just kind of went down into the like the religion religion avenue we took a took a hard right mm-hmm. and her reasoning it's like you know well, why do you believe in god and she's like well if you don't believe in god you're gonna go to hell and like you don't want to go to hell do you like hell's it's fire you burn for forever and it just, it's just like we
1: control people. I,
2: I, I had this realization. It was like, you you know, you're only doing this because you're scared of going to hell. You, you, I don't think that that being good or following scripture, you're not motivated to do that for the goodness of it. You're, it, it became apparent to me this woman was motivated by, you know, the, the, the mystery of the darkness of the fire of hell of, of its fear. Yeah. It was fear that motivated her to, to, to make these decisions and to, and to you know, pledge her faith to whatever church it was. And I don't even know how the hell that shit works. But it it just, it was really eye opening in that, like, you can subscribe to this belief, you know, the belief system solely because of fear. That seemed like her only motivator, just so singularly channeled. And that was my first real experience with that kind of mindset. Did I ever tell you about my time as a Royal Ranger? Royal Ranger? That sounds cool. It's
1: like Boy Scouts plus Jesus. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) It was like. Let's go camping. And during the day, we're going to teach you how to... If you day, want this patch, get on the cross. It's like, I don't, I don't
3: like this. We're,
1: we're, we're, we're going to teach you how to cut wood in the morning. And at night, we're going to tell you why Harry Potter is Satanist. And if you like Harry Potter, you're going to hell. Mm. Wow you know like you you can't play with Pokemon because Pokemon means pocket monsters and water monsters but demons and that is a direct fucking quote <laughs> Jeez, it's Jesus a direct Christ. fucking quote I'm not even making that shit up <laughs> oh, I know you're not I'm not even making that I mean, shit up I mean
2: how, how about Harry Potter being the hero's journey the, 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 the story of uh, undiscovered no, power no 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 we don't want to get into Satan. into lifelong no,
1: witches and wizards even though they're like cute witches and wizards but they're witches and wizards so that means it's Satanist you it's know it. like how about it's a fucking
2: story yeah but like nothing's more relaxed. nothing's more more witchy than pagan shit, and they had no problem uh, appropriating the Christmas tree. They were just like catalog, as we talked about in prior episodes. Yeah, well, it's
1: funny because the 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 owner of the gym, he, I don't like boast about the podcast a lot at work, mm-hmm. and the owner of the gym was like, oh, you have a podcast, well, you let me check it out, right? So he <laughs> checks it out, and he and he was telling me, he's like, no, promote the podcast on your massage page, and I'm like, no, and he's like. He goes, I get it. You don't want people to know who you really are, who you're doing business with. I'm like, no, my clients know who I am. The fucking internet doesn't need to know that. Like those two people are the same people. Yeah. You know? And he's like, and he immediately listened to the one where he's like, yeah, yeah, you guys were talking about like butt fucking in the Romans. He's like, yeah, it's like I don't know. He's like, you might be right about not putting those pages together. And I was like, yeah, told you. I know. This is not
2: only an accountability project; it is a source <laughs> of a great deal of embarrassment.
3: That's fair. No,
2: it's just we just, we just kidding. we have That's a really real. gross sense of comedy. is really what it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, so, I'm sort of a, a free speech purist in that, like, yeah, sometimes goofy, crazy shit can be funny. Yeah, 100%. Me, yeah, fucking no. too. Like, yeah. why is pizza made into
1: a circle, put into a square box, and cut into triangles?
2: Not not really shocking, but definitely a hard-hitting question. Yeah. I, I think yeah. uh, that, that one really cuts deep. Deeper it's than the It's just funny that you have this, like, dish. beautiful episode planned
1: for us, and then at the end of it, you write that and shit. And
3: it was, like, food for thought at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, After the our announcements. Quick, quick food for quick thought. Quick question for you guys. Ooh,
1: yes. Mm. Um... But I love how you put what have been the, I love how you put what have what have been the consequences of decisions made while fearful in our own lives. So would mm. you like to go first with that?
2: That was so. I mean, that that's there as a thought provoker. I didn't have a story in mind. I can come up with something if something's on well, the tip of your tongue. Uh, I encourage um, one of I, you boys you know, to go.
1: The, the one that's on the tip of my tongue is one I think I've spoken about before. But you know, I used to be so afraid of like in relationships and stuff like that. I used to be so afraid mm. of outcomes and where the future was going and like people's progress or people like leaving or not achieving their goals or like fucking just like, you know, not being on that hustle horse with me that I would micromanage people. The hustle I would, horse. I would, I would micromanage, I would micromanage people. I would like, mm. I would like, like make people feel bad. I would make people I was with or friends I had feel bad for like not. And at what, what period was this? Putting, in your life? Oh, I would say early twenties, you know okay. what I mean? Just, just like you know, but like I'm trying to help. I'm coming from a good place, but it's like also like relax and shut the fuck up. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah finding that balance is is, is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, were you finished? I didn't want to cut you off. Yeah. There.
1: No. I mean, like, like it's that's a loaded that's a loaded question. It's a you know it's a mean? hard one. Well, that's something I would I I, you know, fear has fear has been present in a lot of ways in my life, and you know, like there was always like all the addictions that I had to overcome there's, mm-hmm. al- there's always fear attached right. to letting go of that how sick am I gonna be if I don't have a cigarette today I don't feel good I better yeah, smoke fear something fear is like cancer you know really I is. don't like f- I don't feel good I can't sleep I better have more THC in my system you know what I mean mm. like my brain fog is maybe that's caused by the weed but like if I give up the weed then maybe it won't be and then like you know it's not it's just ADD it's just a symptom of what I have like ADD you know? and anxiety and
3: overthinking and, right. but
1: it's also me not you know choosing not to use prescription medication because that's also fear based
0: that's also yeah. fear you
1: know, what we're gonna say, Joe.
2: I was gonna say that, um, you know, related to uh, it is the 22nd of January, and Ed and I are approaching the last couple of weeks of oh, our God. sobriety challenge. And I had mentioned in a couple episodes that, um, being, being sober for this long, which this is probably like this is a candid statement, probably the longest that I've gone without a drink or completely yeah. sober in, in my adult life. Me too. That's no, me too. Awesome. Cause Absolutely. I, I, I normally, I normally would have like at least a beer or two a week, you know, just, yeah. I don't get hammered every week, but like, I'll, I'll have a glass of wine after dinner, you know, pretty like, I'm not, I'm not bashful about that, you know, right, right. but um, one thing that, that I think about the bad times in my life where I, I was drinking every night, because that is what my life was like before I started training with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, It was a lot of, a lot of fear, And a lot of, uh, I wasn't able to properly process fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or negative emotions mm-hmm. um and i would i would go to my little my hidey hole i would i would get hammered my hidey hole i would get hammered in my dive bar and um you know that's how i dealt with my stress yeah so we, we both got very hammered in that same dive bar yeah and
1: kicked my ass at beer pong in that dive bar I, many I, times
2: i i would drink at this place so much that i would play beer pong every night and i would not i would not miss beer pong but my he skill level john pong, had a jersey so basically <laughs> uh, it was my table um But I, and now that, you know, being sober for this long, there is no place to hide. There is no place to run away from that fear. And so the first week or so, um, was really me developing a mental toolkit to handle negative emotions Mm because they don't just go away, you know, and, and they, they, they're there on, on good days too. It's, it's, I need, I needed to learn how to tamp my negative emotions and my fear of impermanence as, as Ryan and I've talked about in the past and that as well, um, and it kept me up a lot of nights. I had a very hard time um, for 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 about a week and a half, yeah. um, where I, I just could not really get a grip, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, things are better. You know, the more you just kind of get through, and you, you just dive in and 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 you handle it, you know, just emotionally. Yeah. I, you know, I've learned to check myself, you know, yeah. and just kind of kind of like like he checked
1: himself before he rickety wrecked. <laughs>
2: And, and but that's something you're not really capable of doing, you know. If if the only place you go when when shit gets hairy is to the bottle, it's a it's a skill yeah. that you lose. I and I would
1: do the same thing with weed. I would I would smoke myself into yeah. a fucking stupor for like days and days and days on end to try to get over anxiety or yeah. fear or like when I you know last year when I found out about my I don't need to cut you off, but you know yeah, it's it okay. Bad, but yeah, continue.
2: Uh, and and that was really like you know that was the obstacle for me and and part of why. This topic kind of jumped at me because dealing with fear and negative emotion is something that I needed to relearn how to do because I'm not escaping or running from them anymore. You know, I'm, right. I'm trying to get a grip on it. And it's, you know, it's going to be ongoing. recognizing that life has struggles doesn't mean that we're working towards living a life without struggle. It's, mm. it's, it's working towards living a life where your struggles become manageable. You know, yeah. which is if we we develop our own toolkit, we empower ourselves enough and are self aware enough to move past our own bullshit. It's not yeah. easy to do. No, and it's certainly almost impossible to do if the way you deal with it is getting high and drunk. And you can't do it.
3: And if you're not, again, if you're not living kind of intentionally, avoidance. <clears throat> what you think of avoidance in the times that you are kind of cognizant of it, you think it's like oh, like a like a, like you're walking in a parking lot and a car kind of you know uh, you know whizzes by and you're like oh. But then you don't realize, though, that, like, the other 90% of your life is, like, that same car pulling around. And you're, like, <laughs> just running away from it. It's just, like, it's just going five miles an hour. Like, it's going to run you it's, over it's really just, slow. It's just,
1: it's just Christine, <clears throat> but, like, lazy Christine.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but you know what I'm talking about? The Stephen King book? Movie? Slash movie? The killer car? Oh. Christine, the killer car? No? No.
2: Dude, the, uh, the amount of coke that it... <laughs> existed in Stephen King's like bloodstream he wrote a horror movie
1: about a car the car was possessed by a ghost and this kid rebuilds the car and the car starts killing his girlfriends because it's jealous Then he He,
2: fucked the car. See, uh, dealing with negative emotions, you can't do so uh, while hammered and on drugs, but writing amazing books, apparently, you You can can do do. 100%. 100%. Drugs some of of the
1: greatest art on Earth. Fair,
3: that's
2: valid. Uh, Jimi Hendrix discography, ladies and gentlemen.
3: I think there's something to be said. And he died at 27. Just jumping back to the first thing you wrote, which is, you know, how does fear impact judgment? And again, that goes back to the idea of being aware of when you're, you know, taking inventory of yourself of when you're in that state I'm realizing that it's kind of a lot of time for a lot of people always there. It's always just kind of humming, just kind of like below the surface as something that you're you can kind of like a filter over everything that you're looking through. And it's really just more of a spectrum of how much it's really affecting you and how much it's really ensnared your judgment. Perfect example, going to consequences of decisions, I've, decisions that I've made while being fearful, as I think both of you, or at least you know the story, uh, when I was in middle school and it was the first time that I could try it for school sports. And... <laughs>
2: What? Now I'm listening. I'm oh, okay. anticipating And uh, and and I
3: and I pl- and I was playing soccer. Uh and I was pretty good. I was I played forward. Like I was I was pretty good. And but I had this this eraps- usually You have
1: to play forward. It's hard to play soccer backwards.
3: That's a good point. Just stop. That'd be that would be horrifying oh, though. I'm,
2: I'm mad now. <laughs> I'm fucking mad. Me just like Oh my god. Dude, just like like 80% of being a defenseman in hockey is skating backwards. You have to skate as fast backwards as you do forwards. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a defenseman when um, I was in fourth grade.
3: But I would um So, so I had this, I had this, I had had this irrational fear of like, well, if I fuck up a lot and then they're going to yell at me. And then like, if that's, if that happens at the beginning of the game, then I got the whole rest of the game to, to worry about that. And then if, what if it makes me fuck up more? And then what did that make me do? Fuck Fuck up a lot. So what I thought would be a better idea instead of taking it head on and just giving in and uh, like letting go of that fear and just doing my best. I was like, better idea. I'm going to lie and say I play defense and try out for defense. Oh, and then I made the team as a, in a position that I didn't know how to play. <laughs> Holy shit. So I had a whole season... Realizing that helping the other team score goals was a lot worse than me not scoring goals for my team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you goofy son of a bitch. Yeah, dude. And
3: and then <laughs> I told my parents that like later, like a few years ago, and they were like, they're like, yeah, they're like, we thought it was a little weird. Where like we'd come to the game, and they're like, why is Ryan playing defense all the time? <laughs> like they knew that I was a forward. That I was a striker, off of. dude. Yeah, yeah. I so I, I literally just lied. I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. But like, but like, you think about how irrational fight or flight that kind of is, where you're just like, I'll just play defense, and it's like. <laughs> what how they, is that you gotta how many play of these along these episodes
1: the i'm like i'm listening to one of you and then i realize that i'm over here like danny's DeVito, like <laughs> <laughs> watching
3: you're just like you're just like in a like like in a barrel like <gasps> <laughs> but but that's but but then and then that and then that caused more harm to me because then it led to then it led to avoidance which led to other new consequences that i didn't think about in the time period of me letting the fear control my initial decision. Mm. So again, but again, if you're not aware of that even meta process, you are just like, you're just like, you know, falling into like, like holes. (laughs) Like you're just like, you're just, you're just falling in holes, (laughs) constantly just breaking your ankles, you know? And, And it's, but it's, and again, and I know we talk about this a lot too, of just like, you know, sometimes, you know, with us getting older and we have a different perspective on both our parents and also just, P- older people or adults in general where you're like,
1: oh. Or laying, laying awake at night, staring at the ceiling, realizing that mortality is slowly creeping in.
2: Oh, man. Well, that's the yes. impermanence that, that, that we're always talking about. That's also true. Yeah. But, I mean. but um,
3: you know, just that idea of like, you start seeing like your parents and other adults as just like people who don't fucking know what's going on either and you're like, you're just you're just starting around going, like, wait, oh, wait a minute. Oh, dude, you I know spent, what's going on?
1: I spent, my mother and I had a sort of relationship for a long time. A long time, and it was the whole like, you know, I didn't even know who my dad was until I was twelve or thirteen, I didn't even know his name. You know, I would ask her, "Who's your father?" She'd be like, "God, you've, God's your father, honey. Don't worry about it." You know what I mean? Like, I'm Christ. You know, like <laughs> I'm five for <laughs> But you know, like, didn't even fucking tell <clears throat> me about it. Then finally told me about it. That's a whole other story. Finally told me about it. Um, you know, difficult relationship. Then she meets Mark, meets my stepdad. We fight about that. Of course, you know, new guy. I don't like him. Like I'm fucking rebelling against everything. Hi, I'm Mark. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm basically 16 <laughs> year old. I, didn't, I didn't, fuck poor yourself. guy. I didn't even give him a fucking chance for the longest time. And that's just me rebelling. It was just me. Be, he's a great guy. It's just me being an ass, you know, yeah. and or a kid, you know, and like and then Synonymous. weird relationship through through our tw- through my 20s. Like, in, and it wasn't until I was like 24, or 25, it really like got close again. Mm-hmm. And then I had this realization when I. Was like 27, and I was like, Holy shit, if I was my mother, I'd have a six year old right now.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I thought about like how fucked up I was the past like seven years, and I'm like,
3: Oh my God. And also, like, you now hypothetically parenting. Right, like by p- like putting her parenting into perspective to a certain degree. 100%. She was very young when you were
1: born. She was twenty when she got pregnant. She was twenty-one when I was born. She like was like a few months into twenty-one when I was born. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So it's like she was a fucking baby. My mother was a child with a child. Yep. You know, and uh, you know, again, like my, I was talking about this again with my, with my friend today because she was sixteen when she had her, mm-hmm. her kid. We'll, we'll bleep her name. We're nowhere i We're not going to save that. But like, but like, she was she was a, a kid too. So we relate to that all the time. That like, you know. You, it's difficult, it's, you, you're you growing up still, but you're also parenting. Yeah. And so from the child's perspective, a lot of time they don't realize that until they're the same yeah. age, yeah. you know, like, I would have a 12-year-old right now, like, I could be Shane's dad if I had him when my mom had me. Right, right, right. Wow. You know what I mean? So Think
3: yeah. about that. And That's a chaotic, chaotic
2: situation. Wild. and, I, th- and I, think there, wild. I think
3: there's something to be said to 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 a certain degree because again, and I'm speaking, <clears throat> I think from a point of privilege, but but from a, from a not being in that scenario of you know having very loving parents, but I would say outside, it wasn't out- not
1: loving. She was just young and didn't know what the fuck she was doing. No, 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 I, know? no I'm not saying it in contrast yeah. to your
3: mom. I'm just I'm t- talking in general to other people listening.
1: Um, that outside of
3: like real physical, mental, and emotional like abuse. I, I think there is a healthier perspective that I think we're alluding to of of, of looking back at your parents' parenting and not, because because again, I think, again, outside of actual abuse and physical and emotional harm, I think there is something to be said um, in judgment of, not in judgment, but it's just like kind of a little bit of pushback that can be given for people that are like, who kind of like complain about how their parents parented them. And they're just like, oh, my parent, my, you know, my mom did this and they did that. It's like, it's like for me, like thinking about like, me having a kid right now be like, man, like, that's a fucking huge responsibility. and Like, Mm. I don't even fucking know how to take care of myself fully yet. And it's like, and it's like, you gotta, like, having that in perspective of, like, they are, like, they're fucking, and again, putting aside abusive, deadbeat pieces of shit, like, they're trying their best. Like, it's a, like, I can't imagine taking care of a person. Like, I, like, 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 such a responsibility. Every
1: little shit that you say Every little shit that you say is being heard. And I can't tell you, like, I'm not going to talk about it on air, but there was, like, one moment where I must have been, like, seven or eight years old and my mother was just stressed out and I was pissing her off and I was, like, doing some little kids. She was like, I'm going to run away. She was, like, good, you know. (laughs) But it's, like, I I held that as, like, trauma in my head forever. Right. right, right. Mm. Because you don't realize that, like, as an adult sometimes you just, like, because I have that, ten- she gave me that tendency genetically to just be like, ah, "Fuck you," you know what I mean, yeah. like, and like that little, that little like fire moment. Yeah, uh, she didn't mean anything. She was just pissed. Mm-hmm. I was right. being a little ass. And you think about that now, yeah. where it's like, but again,
3: it's you're able to combat and kind of un, kind of kind of like unweave that trauma,
0: mm.
3: and be like, oh, yeah. okay, like that's not. It wasn't this like this like oh my god like like you know because you put it you know it's easy to put in that story of like well they said this and that leading to abandonment issues this that and the third not saying for you specifically i'm just saying yeah I'm, i mean like there's you know a lot of
1: child psychology that weren't educated in that like i understand it's really important of course and there's a lot to it you know and well they didn't know a lot then either but at the same right. time like when you're talking about a 20 year old doing their best hmm.
0: yeah it's you know like, it's like, like it's, it's
3: like it's like hey if you're 20 how would you raise a kid right now it's like it's right. like it's like you're it's like you know it's like yeah, it's 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 and crazy.
2: I find that in in the age bracket that we're in and entering, being that you're the youngest of the three of us, mm-hmm. uh, we, the human nature and the human element of our own parents is really, for me personally, like a hundred percent is coming into the the forefront. You know, because like as a child growing up. Your parents are your parents, you know. They're, right. they're yeah. You have this idea like that gods. they know, yeah, yeah. You, know? you have this idea that they know the. architecture in like a separate category of the universe. You're right. It's yeah. like, well, they have a plan. Let's look to the adults. And now I'm an adult, and I'm figuring this whole thing out. And yeah. my mother and my father are much more candid with me.
0: I and, barely
2: uh, have a plan. There's, yeah, barely. There's this uh, something my mom has said to me a few times, uh, which really like, like I, I was almost like really upset to hear it. And, and it was it was a compliment, but basically she I would tell her about the podcast and all the good, cool things that's happening with my life, and I, I tend to be very tech savvy and I know a lot of stuff and um she said to me like John, like I'm amazed, like you know so much when I taught you nothing and i i said mom i i like that's not true at all like it hurts right. me it hurts yeah, yeah, me yeah, yeah. for you to say that yeah." Because it's you, you've taught me more than you know. You, you she taught you the tools in order to educate yourself. I mean, it was it was more than just instructions. Teaching is not always giving instructions on. It, it's it's yeah. leading by example. Yeah. You know, yeah. being raised by my mother taught me more than, than, than the instructions yeah. that she knowingly laid out.
3: Teaching is sometimes involuntary. Right. Sometimes involuntary.
2: It's, and and like you know, I I'm certain that I get my industriousness from her. Mm-hmm. I'm certain that I'm I'm able to to whip something up. You know, the, yeah. the way that I do, the way that she does. My mom's a real, she's a seamstress, and she just always has arts and crafts going on. Yeah. And uh, she's very artistic.
1: Mm. Um, and I get my work ethic from my mother because my mother will, my mother, you know, in her late 40s and 50s um, was doing two different sales jobs, Tupperware and uh, Party Light while working full time full full time, full time. While, while working full time uh for New York state for a university uh um as a higher up administrator mm-hmm. um while also getting her master's degree all at the same time yeah all at the same time so you think about like the the level of like you see me like oh i haven't slept in a week because i've been working on <laughs> shit like i i get that from her well,
2: that seems hereditary yeah
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah
2: yep it's amazing the kind of examples that can be passed on you yeah. know and uh right exactly so I, I really wanted to to let her know that 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 thought that she taught me nothing is just there is no more invalid thought you know there's right, so right, much right. value that that she's given me so shout out to mama i love you mine too um, love you too <laughs> I love Fuck you too, minds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Donna, no, don't listen no, to him. Don't listen no, to him, no, Donna. Donna, please. Well, I love no. you too, Donna. And, and so.
1: Angela's behind, her <laughs> <and> Angela, <laughs> <are> going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fucking back off, bro. <laughs>
2: um, dad's setting no, pizza love, boxes on fire. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! No, oh man, I love, that happened. Mom and dad,
3: love you very much. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I've, I've learned invaluable stuff from my parents, and again, especially those, those, um, see, having those lessons be, you know, you know, me having, you know, my. And I definitely think my creativity—you know, my—you know—and also again, some of this being hereditary. Cre- creativity, humor. I think also kindness mm. and and sociability, um, and and also just. But then also having those things be put into perspective later. Mm through the lens of time and through the lens of, of maturity. And also too getting different lessons that you can't get when you're younger, getting them when you're older. Like mm-hmm. again, like like those things like like again, like the thing with the dog with my dad. Like seeing that and hearing stories about it and then just seeing that happen and then also having to take part in it and kind of have that uh that like like shitter get off the pot moment with him. <laughs> you know, but but to see but to see him just be like, okay, this is what we're doing now and just like oh, okay. And 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 to kind of you know, it's it's very, very again, very proud to have, um, you know, the parents that I have. Um, but in saying that, though, I think this could be a good place to kind of move it into um, fear, both, uh, you know, coming into the coming into the school and coming into martial arts with your preconceived notions and fear and biases and all this stuff, and then how the martial arts can challenge that. Um, because again, I mean, I mean, I remember, and I think we could, you know, this could probably could be a good place for all of us to start is like my first day coming into class when I, you know, I, I love to because I was like, six, you know, 17. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm at home and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to this place. You know, my, and Of course, my mom's like, where is this? What is this? Show me. Show me on Google where this is. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, she's like, it's an industrial park. You're not going. And I was like, and I was like, come on. She's like, no, nope, you're not going. And I was just like. Like you know, just immediate, like just like teen rage, just like drywall. <laughs> oh, dude! You know, no actual drywall was punched, but anywho. Um, <laughs> but I remember when I finally got to go. It was a Friday. And it was a tactical combat class. It was a Friday night. Oh, I love and, fight night. And and again, you hear you hear all like the ruckus going on. You know, people. And again, you don't think of anything of it now because it's just like that's just like normal life school ambience. You know, it's like brown noise of just like violence. Hearing this, brown yeah, yeah. violence, brown yeah, <laughs> violent brown noise. Um, that's that's pink noise is what you're talking about. But uh, anywho, um. Uh, um, but, but you know, I remember I was talking to Seagong at the front desk, you know, and, and I was just kind of hoping that it would just be a preliminary meeting, and then I would go home. And he's like, oh, he's like, want to get in there? And I was just like, and then I just slowly just like, like bla- like brown hole into my asshole. It's like, <laughs> just like it's like when you catch a pokeball animation, just <laughs> it was like, you know, um, and then shits oneself. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I'm going in there, and I was horrified. I was just like, and it was, but you know what's funny is it was that similar anxiety from soccer. Now that I'm thinking about it, of like, oh, I'm gonna work with someone, I'm gonna mess up, and they're gonna get upset with me that I was that I'm gonna mess up, and and then it's just gonna happen right at the beginning of class, and then I'm gonna be thinking about that, and it's gonna perpetuate the fuck up. And then you get, and then I got in there, and then it was just, I got, it was scary, you know. And you, of course, you feel awkward, and you feel incapable, and you feel uncoordinated, and you feel weak as well. But, um. You know that was uh, I was horrified, and I just kind of got in there. You know. So, um, what about what about you for
2: like your your first your first class? Well, I mean, for this school for for authentic Shaolin. Yes. Yeah. For, um. Well, I I was I was enamored to be there. Mm. Uh, there there was no fear whatsoever. Um, because I had. You know, I, I've I've told you guys already. I had a background in jujitsu. It wasn't a, a total martial arts as an overall concept was not a mystery to mm, me. Mm. So, um, I from really a bit of a different place. i I've, I mean, I felt I was come from a completely different fe- oh, right, right, right. place. I felt a connection. I, I felt like mm, I I had okay. been missing this my for all these years. Right I, I've, right, I had I had been missing this very important thing, and uh, I was I was very overwhelmed. I was really overwhelmed my first night at the school just because like I realized I found. This thing mm. that I needed so badly. Very cool. And uh, it's like you know, it's, it's 100% was going through my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just overwhelmed and so happy to be there. And um, that's 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was at mentally. What about you? First
0: day?
1: Oh, first day. Um, it was it was you know it was I was excited. Mm. I was. I think the fear was more about what friends were going to say because everybody was mm. like, "You're gonna go to a kung fu class? What the fuck is this?" You know? Yeah. Um. It's a very guy friend uh, thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not even that. It was just the people I hung out with at the time. You know, mm. a lot of the guys that I was later in bands with and mm. stuff like that. Um, and uh, it just became this thing that, like, nobody understood for many years. Yeah. It was like nobody took it seriously Still until I was like a black though. Nobody took it seriously until I got my black sash. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I was more afraid once I cared. You know, once— okay. Once I, like, really got into it, Mm -hmm. it, because, you know, the first day I was like, all right, you know what, fuck it, I'm doing this. You know, I was, like, all about it. Lao Cherche was an orange sash, and he taught my first basic Mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. And he was going through blocks and punches with us, and I was like, this is the shit. Because I also trained in Nakata when I was a kid, John's old school. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I had a great experience there, but my mother, being a single mom, just couldn't afford it. It's after very a while. expensive. Yeah. yeah, she just couldn't afford it after a while, and so she pulled me out. And so, like, I had all these kids that, like, John, who, you know, were there when I was little, right? And then were still there in high school. And I just always kind of felt left out, left behind. Right. And uh, then I could finally do it for myself. Um, you know, because well, yeah, I was still living at home and stuff like that. I could finally do it for myself mm-hmm. and pay tuition and do what I had to do. And uh, you know. uh, it was more the fear of letting Sigong down. Mm. Mm. I didn't want to let him down. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to let anybody down. I wanted to just like 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 represent well. Mm-hmm. And I lived kind of a double life for a while, where I was like partying, getting right, fucked right, up right, right. on the outside. I, remember I was talking about that with you. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then coming coming to class and and, you know. Uh, feeling that like dissonance. That dissonance until I, you know, like really, really started to, and then you know, I went, I went like this for yeah. a number of yeah. years until I, all over like, this until I was like, all right, I'm going to be a black sash, and that's it. And yeah. I'm committing, and I'm going to yeah. be this person.
3: And you feel it once you once you like start that stride. You, you it, it, it's a different, yeah. it's a different, it's a different pace, different the, journey.
1: The, the biggest fear is when you first start fighting, I would say, and that's really what starts yeah. to help you overcome fear because you need to manage emotion in order to fight well. And uh, yeah. You know, it yeah. took me a long time because even, even oh, I'm sorry. I mean, no, I'm just saying because I would just be like fear would fear led me to cower, and then that got me hurt. That got me, led me to my eye injury, right? And then fear led me to try to kill, right? You know, yeah, yeah. The and then fear, that also got me hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's
3: like the fear leads to anger, <laughs> <laughs> anger leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side. Hey, yeah, <laughs>
2: and, and you had just mentioned you know the fear within fighting, like prior to training at, at Nakado like even if you know we want to go back to my other first day on the mat not to not to tell no, no, no. my story one more time but it's you know my actual first time stepping into the school i had already been brawling like right, for right, for right. A, a while I, I was bullied a lot when i mo- when i moved to king's park and it got to the point where um it was never a one on one. It was always like, you know, getting jumped by a bunch of kids. And then there was the next week, it was them and their older brother. And like, you know, and then it was their older brother's friends. It was just the older brother's. What the
3: fuck was bullying you? Like a guy who was like seven, six? Who uh, was no, just, I was bullied. I was in <laughs> fifth grade. I was in fifth oh, okay. grade
2: fighting seventh graders. So I can see that. Uh, it was, it was, um, I didn't enjoy it. And, you know, mm. I, I, I just, it was so traumatizing. You know, like I never felt like uh, like any good was happening whatsoever because there wasn't any but like i, I had left an impression yeah. on people i spoke to later that like you know the reason why we would invite everybody because we couldn't beat you up by ourselves you know so i it was that's kind of a backhanded weird compliment but i had encountered all that fear already i had, in- I, had I was yeah. ver- really well acquainted very with distilled the, version of like it. the sensation of being punched in the face and get, getting that flash of white yeah and, yeah and tears in your eyes and 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 you know like that was something that happened to me all the time, so yeah. I, I wasn't afraid of that. So I I, I did view mm. training as a, a toolkit to help prevent that, you know. Right. Um. And so it, you know, like I said, these are like it was between the 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 grade of like you know fifth, seventh, eighth grade. So it's not like I was an adult on the street, you know. These 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 are kids, you know. So right. and I was a kid back then, and but since then, never a single hmm. single brawl in my adult life. And uh, so that that's interesting. You coming from that
3: perspective of having that dealing with that fear in a very probably like raw and probably more irrational way and then having that kind of honed into like a like something that's more discernible to you like emotionally or or something that's actually like you're dealing with in front of you as opposed to just like again kind of like the God damn it! I just my brain just goes bring up the little alien again from Men in Black, and it's just every episode I'm like, you guys remember the little alien from Men in Black? And <laughs> then the guy's head was like the, raw, the,
2: the <laughs> round tummy aliens that are just
3: like dancing <laughs> and shit. Yeah. Waka waka! I'm a racist. They're just, <laughs> <laughs> they, they just they just they are just drinking Taster's Baka Choice. Waka, yeah.
1: You know yeah. they got the, the fucking like uh, the the hand truck of Marlboros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're
3: just like drinking Taster's Choice, smoking cigarettes, and being racist. <laughs> <laughs> to like, other aliens like, and, and like other people on they're earth They're everyone
1: i used to work with when i was a mechanic <laughs> yeah they're just little mechanics i think that yeah. they are
3: um but um but uh, again i think there's so many elements of what we do especially especially with where we're at now of 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 working up to black Sash, which requires again um testing fighting even like being on the demo team perform you know being you know uh performing having to wrangle like like um like wrangle and like entice the attention of like oh, a,
0: kids a, of, of
3: children to have that's a weird way to say that but you know what i mean not in a weird way because that sounds strange Just On yeah, the there's, not, there's no, no candy involved yeah you're not holding not. like a net like, <laughs> like the guy from chitty chitty bang bang <laughs> gumdrops lollipops it's all free anyway it's a child catcher from chitty chitty bang bang no one's seen that film anyway dick van
2: dyke or is it dick van cherry the, the, the other dick van I think Dick Van Cherry's a
3: porn star,
0: bro.
2: I have no idea. It sounds it's like It's Dick it. Van Cherry. Yeah, it's just like, that's an error <laughs> that I. guy I'm... is like perpetually prolapsed. <laughs> that's...
3: <laughs> so... Sorry. Oh, that's Sorry. a real person. I got to make Dick Van sure. Cherry? There's no way that's a real person. Yeah, that's 100% a real person. So that's Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> that's Dick, that right there is yeah, Dick that's Van That's Dick Van Dyke. Who is? What is Dick Van Cherry? That's not a real oh, person I'm... then. You're
2: slowly killing me. That's okay, not a real hold on,
3: person hold then. <laughs> We're Excuse just me. peeling back like the like illusions from
2: John's head. Yeah, no, that's 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 one that's one yeah, something just something something, something you brain. made up. Yeah, like, that's a, yeah, that was a fake thing that that you was made some up. shit that I yeah, made up as a, a child. Yeah. Um, I don't know what cherry parts is. What is what is this? A, a
3: song by Chad. We're not gonna get into. We're this. moving this is, yeah, away. By, from by that. Chad
2: Smith and Lexley Leslie Bixler. Anyway, x that window out of my brain. Just gone forever.
3: I gotta shoot the window. Um, but but there but again there's. Again, like, going to, like, you know, me on Fridays and you, and you, you know, especially Mondays and Wednesdays, and also teaching the adults, but especially teaching the kids is fucking oh, yeah, intimidating. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's scary. So it's, it's
1: like... It's not easy. they are there, being scared, like, just do basics in front oh, of children. Oh, dude, yep. I, 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 oh my god, I'm in my 20s and I'm afraid to do basics in front of children. Well, kids are I'm, scary.
3: Kids are, you know, again, you, you've ever been a full... They give you no quarter. You've ever been a, full, dude, a full, They give you no quarter. A full if you grown, grown adult up, and just, like, parked at a red light behind a school bus at the end of the day and you're just like... Like the kids are just like, <laughs> <You're> just like.
2: <laughs> dude, like one of the last kids I, I won't say who, but one of the kids I went over and I was like, Hey, you guys have any questions? And this one kid was like, I never have any questions. Just like fuck you, John. I'm just like, what? All, all right, dude. Like, cool. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, like have fun being twelve or whatever. I think I know
1: exactly who that kid was.
2: <laughs> um But but there is
3: again, and we speak about this a lot where any any endeavor that requires self-discovery and growth will will have you facing elements of yourself and also facing fears. But again, martial arts, and especially speaking from experience of our school, is such a, disti- a distilled version of that where it's like, again, it's like... Even even, even people who haven't had, like, hands on them before or, like, someone manipulating them like that, it's like, oh, my God. Like, it, it's such a... It's scary. Like, having, like, Sifu do self-defense on you. You're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. it's like... But they're not hurting you, but it's, you're not used to that. Huh.
2: You're not... Well, okay. Yeah, that's... You're, 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 you're... We're legally not allowed to say whether they do or not. You doing that mantis elbow on me, whatever the hell that was, that was a lot of pain. And then oh just, my like, God. a pressure oh strike God. to the hip. Ooh. Yeah, Sifu
3: Nick had... We, we, we were doing a technique where we, it, was, uh, it was palm fan and then uh, mantis elbow to the... To an and, no, yeah. No, no, and then and then just, just and straight. then just follow follow like snake follows the branch and just pressure strike you like right above the hip and you just go <laughs> that's that is
2: just, your body just goes that is pain like your body goes yeah. into what the fuck mode it's yeah. just like my uh, like left ass cheek he was demonstrating
1: the other day and like I had to I had to pretend like he didn't hit me for real like mm. and he just like hit was like one of those things that like hits you here and goes through your whole yeah, sense then you shit yourself yeah <laughs> you just feel wet that's one, that's
3: one of those I hope you're wearing a diaper
2: punch. <laughs> This punch comes with a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this oh. punch smells it's
0: like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: just like. Just it's <laughs> the Jackson Pollock punch. Seems <laughs> like so handing out like oh. new packs of Hanes underwear on the way out. Yeah. Oh, um, is, I actually I think I left a uh, headband in the bathroom on Friday. Mm. Was, oh, that's a in the garbage. S- that just be- that just becomes underwear. Like
3: smell wise, that just becomes used underwear yeah, at just that point. a wet yeah. headband. Um, it was
2: my it was my paisley one too. I like that one. Oh well. Whatever.
3: Well, but e- but even even in thinking of again like with martial arts in our school it's like there's so many a- like so many aspects of it. Of if you want to progress, you are going to face times where you're afraid and you just and to progress you literally just have to go through it. Again, it's like kind of that idea of like the only, you know, the only uh, you know, the obstacle becoming the way. The only way the only way is through. The only you know, it is like the thing you don't want and it goes back to thing, the thing the things you don't want to go through, the things you don't want to look at are holding the things that you want. Mm. You don't realize it at the time because you're your 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 perspective is going off of fear again. Same thing that you know of 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 me, uh, you know of me, um, getting, thinking I was doing an elaborate ruse by trying out for the wrong position, then having to play the wrong position for, you know, four months is the same thing of like you not wanting to get hit, so then you turn away from getting punched, and then you either can get punched in the back of the head and seriously injured, or you're not able to actually defend and brace properly so you get hurt more by turning away. That's what I think I say is don't don't ever turn, you know, don't don't turn your head away because then you can't actually see what's coming and it could lead you know and that's you that's a very that's a very specific thing of you operating out of fear which can lead to worse consequences that again is with that is just one of those things that if you're in tune and you're with, with martial arts and martial training and kind of the mindset and philosophy of it that it's you know and you're moving beyond that hobbyist mindset where it's like yeah this is like this is, like, important shit to realize. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, that hurt. It's like, oh, but why did it hurt? Because I was afraid, and I turned away. And it led to more pain than it, than yeah. there needed to be. And there's lessons you know?
1: lessons in that to learn that you can apply to other factors oh, of your life yeah. that aren't fighting or martial arts. Yeah. But is there anything on these points that you boys want to bring up?
2: I, I think um, I think we've covered all the bases. Yeah, I so, think And
1: I think the, the thing that I'm really taking from this episode is slay that fucking dragon. Mm. You yep. know what I mean? Absolutely. Slay that fucking dragon, look it in its eyes, and drive a sword right into it. You know? Yep. Uh, John?
2: Well, I think that summed it up perfectly, Ed. So thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our Instagram followers, our Discord members, our Patreons. Everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. And this has been the Martial Mind Podcast.